All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get Lost Podcast. This is uh, Ryan Hargan, your host, and Tyler's back. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about all things Thor on this episode. So, and preferably the Thor movies, although the mythology is also quite fun. Agreed, agreed. But yeah, I figured we'd uh, we'd start with Thor 1, uh, work our way through Thor 2, the Dark World, and then we'll just kind of do a non-spoiler this time, I'm going to promise, no spoilers. We're going to talk about a little bit about Thor Ragnarok as well at the end. Sounds good. But uh, yeah, so Thor 1, uh, movie directed by Kenneth Branagh. Let's start there. That was pretty impressive when Marvel announced that they were getting Kenneth Branagh for that. So. I, yeah, no, I think uh, that's one of the, one of my uh, one of my favorite things to talk about for, for Thor 1, really, is um, the decisions he made with... Uh, one, he set up, obviously, a huge piece of the Marvel Universe, and yeah. that's Asgard. Yep. But he gave you very small glimpses of it, mm-hmm. and that was very intentional, yep. because probably didn't feel like they could really put it on screen the way it deserved to be on screen. And I think that was a good move to give us a perfect taste of, this is kind of what Asgard is like, mm-hmm. but didn't really give you, like, you know, no, there's no wide shots of the whole city, or any, and I think that was important. I think that was a very calculated yep. move by him when it, when it came to... And honestly, Ryan that's that's something that's improved on uh, all three movies. I would say absolutely um, is just the size and grandeur of Asgard. Like you know, when you first see it, it's mainly the I think in the first one, it's mainly the big temple building, right? Right, like that's right. the main one. And then they show you the flip underside, which is y- Yggdrasil or whatever. The, the world tree is like underneath of the city itself, mm-hmm. which I always thought was a really cool image of like this just this city in the middle of space right you know the middle of the nine realms kind of thing mm-hmm. um i always thought that was really cool you know and then and two they improved upon that made it bigger uh added a whole bunch of new stuff to it like you had all these they started showing like training grounds and that kind of stuff um but in terms of like you were saying what kenneth Branagh brought is not only like just an epicness to the movie itself because i mean this is a guy that used to direct like shakespeare Shakespeare and those kind of movies and stuff, you know, like Henry V and, and Othello and stuff like that. So this guy already brought like a grandeur to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he did a really good job. I thought the art direction for the first movie was really good. Like I love the, um, the armor mm-hmm. that they wear and especially because everybody was so distinct. Like they left Odin and the rest of the Asgardian forces definitely looked kind of the same, but then there were people like, uh, Heimdall looked amazing. Ildris Eva, you know, mm-hmm. you had this like big pseudo armor with the giant helm and that kind of stuff, which looked good. Then you had uh, the Warriors Three, which they all kind of had their own looks. You know, um, Fandral, Volstag, and I think what was the last guy's name like Hudon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of them had their own distinctive look. Then you had Sif. Sif was even more like different because like she had like I think it was a silver and red armor, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then you had the two brothers. You had Loki and, and Thor, and their look was so distinct and so different from the rest of it that it just really gave this like nice like pop. And the use of colors with it, the fact that Loki's was all like green, and then you had you know uh, Thor with the red cape and the the chainmail arms and stuff, or like whatever plated arms or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought he did really good, given this like very distinct look to the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, also we got uh, just. Distinct looks at stuff like the Bifrost, which I thought was absolutely wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. Like one of the best parts of the movie right there is just setting up how the Bifrost work. Right. Like no, I thought done, that was really well done. Yeah. I could have done it like a thousand different ways, but the whole like l- literal like beam of rainbow light that like, you know, picked people up and left this giant. The Einstein like, Rosen bridge. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that leads back right back to just the rainbow bridge itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, there, there were That's so cool. many ways you could have done that that would have just been horrible. Yeah. And I think what they did was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, kind of yeah, crystalline, just... crystalline, you know, rainbow shimmery kind of road as opposed to what, you know, they like in the children's book that they find in the middle of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, literally yeah, like a rainbow, rainbow that they bridge. were like, that would have been awful. Yeah. It would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think he did uh, really, there was, I mean, overall his, I think the vision for the movie was great. Yeah. Well, it's also like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that Marvel stated that they didn't want at that time, for it to be like mythological or magic. So they were like that was something I really enjoyed about the Thor series is they're not just the gods of old. Like these are legitimately aliens that have different technology that's the same cuz you know like the whole bringing in Jane and talking about the Einstein Rosenberg right. or Rosenberg bridge. That whole idea is is like one person calls it like magic and one person calls it myth. Right or, or science, science, yeah. Which is a you know it was a really cool take on it, a really smart idea, um, right? And used perfectly throughout the, I would say at least the first two movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have to touch on it too much, and well, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, yet at least. Yeah, um, but, but yeah. I mean, like, but you know, later on, like, I mean, they they opened up the availability for magic with Doctor Strange, and thankfully they left magic and the occult. To Doctor Strange, right? Like, I thought that was a really smart idea. Yeah, no, I agree because it would have been it would have kind of blurred the line of like, you know, what's the difference in what Doctor Strange can do and what Loki can do, and and right and Loki's mom or you know uh, Thor's mom, yeah. can do because there's a there is a distinct difference there, yeah. Um, as far as abilities, mm-hmm. and it's kind of nice that it's really not explained, yeah, in in Doctor Strange that way. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah, because I mean they, they like in Doctor Strange they actually have like you know uh, the, the what is it the Iron Maiden uh, thing that grabs the one guy. Um, it's it's the suit yeah that, the, like, wraps the, him around the restraint that grabs yeah. uh, and and like there were all the like all the objects in there were legitimately magic items like right. they they had different properties and did different things according to whatever like legend they were mm-hmm. and Thor. Even Molnir, I think they said, was forged from, you know, the, the lie of a dying star or right, something like that. Right, Which is really cool, but at the end of the day, like, they, they're explaining that, like, they, they made these for specific reasons, and it's not magic right. later on, you know, so. But that was cool. It was good. Was a smart idea, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, but overall, to go back to the look of uh, Thor, which we were both agreeing we very much like, um, what... I gotta be honest, I was glad that they dialed back how fake his beard looked in the second one. In the yeah. first one, his beard looked like it was stippled on with, like, stucco. Yeah. And his hair was just strangely perfect, almost. Yeah. And I guess it worked for the first one, but I'm just I'm just so glad they moved away from it for the yeah. second one. It looked really cool in the sequence where they introduced Hawkeye. Yeah. When he's fighting in the street clothes through the, the shield, yeah. you know, base around the, the, the hammer. Um... But other than that, I was kind of like, hey, you just look funny hanging out with these people with this freakishly blonde beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, they, I mean, 
Yeah, they, they definitely had a couple of issues. That was probably because he'd probably just gotten hired and they just put him in the role. Because, I mean, at that point, he wasn't even, like, as buff as he is now. Like, right. Chris Hemsworth is huge at this point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And that Except first for when he did Heart of the Sea. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> had to be a little emaciated for that one, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, it, it, there's a remarkable difference, though. Uh, between him and the first movie and him in like the third movie and absolutely even the changes in like the avengers and you know the, the second avengers movie and stuff like that like there were there were a lot of differences yeah um, for his character and then that's that's one thing that um i i do get kind of annoyed like because i'm a huge fan of the thor movies i know some people aren't but i'm a huge fan and um they they do tend to change a lot and I mean, it comes down to like things like as small as the beard change to as large as Fandral is not the original guy, right? right. You know, um, and that it's was Shazam. fine with me because yeah, because I like uh, Zachary Levi or whatever. But you know, at the same time, it, that that kind of it hurts a series when you have people like leaving in and out like that. And um, you know, I'll. I'll go ahead and, and just and say it like this isn't really a spoiler because she's admitted that she doesn't want to do it anymore. But it's probably good that they got rid of Natalie Portman at this point because mm-hmm. that, as far as the movies themselves, I felt they suffered a little too much because they continuously focus on the first two on this whole relationship between you know Thor and and um, Jane, right? And ever really went beyond that. Like I mean, there's always the the Loki relationship, right? But the whole Jane relationship just continued to be this, like, she was mad because he never showed up on his off days. And it's like, well, yeah, because they didn't have time to put you in the Avengers movie and you didn't really want to do it. So, right. like, the character was right. always... It was a struggling yeah. plot point. And, and honestly, well, we're not going <laughs> to talk about too much, but I, it was... It just hurt, it hurt him as a character. Like, you needed something like that. Yeah. You needed him to struggle with being you know, supposed to be the heir to the throne Mm -hmm. in Asgard, but also kind of not necessarily wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. But you made it to where you had this incredibly powerful being who was, who was, uh, I guess, uh, limited by a relationship Mm -hmm. on earth with a human that it, it just didn't like, you made it so that the entire second movie revolved around that relationship still, yeah, and which and a, a good point on that is in the second movie. Not only does it still take front and center the Jane and, and Thor relationship, they added the thought that there could be something more between him and Sif, and then Jamie Alexander couldn't do the third movie, right? So she wasn't in there, and then in the second movie, that whole idea was just wasted. Like right. they showed it several times, right? That she had that feelings there were maybe, for him. And that maybe they were supposed to be exactly. Like, yeah, that was the plan from birth. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. that they were going to end up together and rule Asgard together. And... Yeah. and I mean, I think if I'm not wrong, in the mythology, I think Sif and Thor are together. Like in the the actual Norse mythology, I think mm-hmm. they're married or something like that. Um, in the in the old uh, poems, but yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is a great character. Who was just, I mean, she was wasted in place of having this, like, damsel in distress Jane. Which, that's what she was in the second movie. She just turned into a damsel in distress character. Right. So it wasn't even as good as the first movie, where at least you had this, like, active uh, person who was, you know, very smart and trying to figure things out. In the second movie, you just had someone that was constantly getting 
like pushed back and away from all the stuff that was, you know, actually in danger. And then by the end of the second movie, you literally had her flip a couple of switches to get rid of dark elves every now and then. Right. That was it. Right. You know, um, which I was a little disappointed in that. So, but yeah, but it, I mean, she, you know, it was worth it for the first movie. I thought she was a good, yeah, no, I thought she was good in the first movie. And, uh, I wasn't disappointed when I learned that she wasn't going to be in the third one. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even have been disappointed if they, like, killed her. Like, it just, yeah. it was like, okay, you've, you've, you've given him that, that lapse in judgment where any relationship should take priority over his responsibility to yeah. the realms. We don't need that anymore, you know? And I think it took two movies for them to figure out what they needed, how they needed to write that, yeah. you know? How they needed to, how they needed to make Thor that character because, yeah, you you take somebody that's as supposed to be as powerful as as, as Thor is, and you throw them in with a bunch of humans that yeah. are enhanced in some way, and you try to say that they're on the same level, and it just uh, yeah, it's not even close. We, yeah, that's why we didn't had... see what he was even capable of yeah. in the first two movies. Yeah. Not even close. Which is why I mean that, that's why they literally had to take him out of Civil War because mm-hmm. they I mean there's there's no fight. Yeah, if you go back and watch, like wh- whatever side he's on, he wins. wins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing with Hulk. You know, that's why they had to take Hulk out. Same reason why if, if you threw Hulk into that fight in the middle of the Civil War, it would have been over. Right. Like, you know. Um, they. I mean, they even proved that when Tony tried to take him down with the Hulkbuster armor. And right. Really. Right. Didn't Hulk. work. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, you know, I I think there's. Like you said, there's definitely going to be limitations for a lot of these characters. Same thing with um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like th- these are celestial, like cosmic, OP characters in the universe. Like you can't have Drax go up against Iron Man because Drax can't really be hurt. Like right, you know, he can get worn down. Right, but, and that's something that they uh-huh. didn't really uh, want. Just to jump track, just to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies completely. The first one. They don't really point out too much the fact of how powerful each of these characters is. Yeah. Because it just seems like they're all these random people that are different races that don't really have any abilities. Right. And that's kind of what I loved about the beginning of the sequel for that is they said, all right, now look at just how tough these guys are. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Drax goes inside this interdimensional monster and just comes out screaming. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Like, I mean, they're. Well, it's the same thing with, like, Gamora. Right. Gamora has the. The other ship literally flown into her. Right, and she's fine. <laughs> and she's and, fine, and yeah. it's and, it, and she's extremely strong. She picks up the entire fucking right, gun. Right, right, yeah. just carries it like a minigun. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that was important for those characters because it, in the first movie, it was all about, like, the character's development. Yeah. All right, but now you got to keep me interested because yeah. what can they actually do? And they are all supposed to be incredibly strong and incredibly... Uh, indestructible to yeah. some extent and and i don't think people have that like you said people don't realize i don't think most people you ask your average fan of the mcu would have any idea that iron man wouldn't really do too much to drax yeah you know yeah. i just don't think they're aware of that yeah and because uh, he comes off as a guy that's shirtless and runs around with knives like, and he's got yeah, sensitive nipples yeah exactly. yeah yeah <laughs> so it's nipples. Um, my nipples <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that yeah, that's a that's a problem I think that the Marvel I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to have to address overall because even in in again spoiler free for Thor three the characters of Thor are well above 
anybody else in the Marvel Universe. Like, they have to be. They have to be, like, extremely OP. And it's the same thing with, like, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is always going to be OP now. Um, which is, I thought was really good that their, their first movie, you know, his final boss battle is not a fight. A fight. It's, it's a, a, it's a battle of the minds. Yeah. Um, right. And wills. And, and that was important because at this point, now you have the Sorcerer Supreme. This is a guy who's read so many books and knows how to do so much that he could literally just obliterate you in two seconds if right. he wanted to. Right. Um, so how are you going to, Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, if they ever had a Civil War again, it's not like the comics where you can limit these characters very easily by throwing a throwaway line here or there. Right. The movies were establishing, like, laws to those characters. Right. And, and there's certain stuff that you're just going to have to accept as, you know... Right. Is impossible. Right. So. Right, that's, I mean, that's, and it's a good, like you said, it's a good thing they kind of got Civil War out of the way before they introduced a character like that anyway. Yeah. You know? Which, again, like, uh, Avengers, when Thor comes in, when they had the battle, the battle in the forest, mm-hmm. like, it was very clear that if, like, Captain America hadn't gotten that shield up when Thor brought it down. They'd have both been toast. They'd have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolute toast. <laughs> we just got lucky that vibranium exists. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, and that was, you know, us, and again, again, like we, like, uh, the spoiler free for, for Thor 3. They didn't tap into what he's capable of in any movie that he appeared in. Yeah. Really, until Thor 3. And, yeah. and like, I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, swinging a hammer around and calling some lightning here and there. I didn't even feel like in Avengers 1, he contributed to that fight the way that he could have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you've seen in fight scenes since Avengers 1 where he has taken out more guys faster and yeah. more easily, yeah. you know, than, than, and they're struggling as a team to take everybody out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, He's. I don't, I'm glad that he's kind of come into his own in, in Thor three. I, I, I too. enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I think a lot, and, and something else that I think is good is that they've gotten away from the seriousness of the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, again, huge fan of it, but the first the first one was lighthearted with grandeur. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that Kenneth Branagh draw for it. There's comedy in there. And it's specific and a, and a nice amount, but at the same time, there's very serious, you know, action and stuff like that going on. Second movie was very dark. Serious listening. Very nice. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the second one was very serious and uh, very, like, to the point. Like, you know, the, the I mean, just the, the actual look of the movie was a lot different from the first movie. Like, uh, right. the dark world... Would generally had a dark world in it, well, like you know the end that battle. really grabbed my attention. I really yeah. liked that. I and I still like we said before we even started recording this that people apparently didn't like Dark World. Yeah, I really enjoyed Dark World, and I was excited for it. You know, just based on that mm-hmm. one thing that it had kind of darkened up a little bit because yeah. Marvel didn't have one like that yet. No, they really didn't. I mean. Winter Soldier kind of got kind of, but it was really just more like a spy kind of thing, like yeah. that kind of like spy movie feel. It wasn't like yeah. a dark feel, and like Dark World. I mean, to bring in the Dark Elves first of all, yeah, and you know, to make it a little bit more gritty, I really enjoyed. And oh, like I, the aesthetic of the Dark Elves was amazing. Right. No, like, I thought the whole yeah. that whole that whole idea was was really well executed, mm-hmm. and it was different. But I love that you know the Thor movies. Just like the Captain America movies, each one is very distinctly different, but mm-hmm. they're still a very cohesive 
trilogy. Yeah. You know? And that's tough. That's mm-hmm. really tough to do. Yeah. I mean, think about, like, think Star Wars, for example. Each of those trilogies so far has been very similar. Mm-hmm. The three movies together are very similar. Mm-hmm. If you had thrown one in there that was way off the wall different, I think that'd throw people off. Yeah. You know? And that they've made it work with Marvel a couple yeah. times. Mm-hmm. And... um I'll say this, I've said it over and over again, I'll say it again, I really think that uh, the change to lighten the mood so much in Thor 3, they're just they're just buttering us up, because it's going to get real in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Some, I, think, I mean, there's going to be humor. The, I think even the Russo brothers, the directors, have admitted, like, it's going to get dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I was glad that they did that with Thor in the middle, because you took, um, I feel like you've seen three very different Thors with the same actor, mm-hmm. but I think it's important, because you had... Thor in the first one was this bratty, you know, know-it-all. Not really know-it-all. I mean, he's still kind of kind of dense, it seemed, at times. But he was this, you yeah, know. Yeah, he was a little high-head. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. that's what he was. I mean, he, yeah, he just. Constantly getting his, like, face slapped by his dad. Right. Like, he know. was just he was just a little jackass is yeah. what he was. And then Which, in the second one, you get this guy <laughs> yeah. who is who has seen seen some stuff at this point yeah. and, and, and has somebody that he cares about on Earth that makes it a I mean, I guess that makes that a little bit different yeah, because otherwise, little, why have anything vested in Earth? Yeah, why, a, little, a little gravity to him. Right, you know, so he's yeah. he's kind of this he, this kind of intimidating guy. And then you take this guy who has learned all this and throw him into the third movie where he's just so much, like, he's just lighthearted now. It's just a little bit yeah easier going and a little bit more... I don't want to say mature because yeah. you've seen the movie, but yeah. uh, you know it's. I think it's an interesting character development because now you've got a guy who I'm from Asgard. I know there's these other realms, and I'm going to be the king of all of them. Yeah, and you got this guy in the second one who that really doesn't matter to me. I'm worried about protecting this person I care about, care about on Earth. Yeah, maybe neglecting some of my responsibility in Asgard, and yeah. then you got this third movie where he's kind of just like just I guess. Uh, Better educated, better person in, in in the universe yeah. is, you know, and all the all the stuff that's going on out there. He's just he's got a better head on his shoulders. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think that I, well, I think we, it makes sense. We didn't need like any more scenes with Odin full on screaming at him how stupid he was. Right, right. Like, it definitely made for like two of my, I guess my favorite moments in the and pretty much all three movies. One of my favorite actors has always been Anthony Hopkins. Loved him as Odin. Absolutely loved it every time he lost his shit on Thor. Like in right. the first movie when he's doing the whole thing, like, when I'm king, and he's like, you're not king! And he starts like, him off and out. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then the second movie, he does like the same thing. You know, like at one point he is talking about, you know, like Jane and pretty much tells her, or tells him that, you know, like taking Jane to Asgard was like, Taking a sheep to the dinner party, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, there were just there are tons of tons of good moments where Thor got put in his place because right. he doesn't understand that stuff, right? Um, and 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 the, and in the third movie, they've shown that he's learned something at yeah. this point. You yeah, know? I think that was good. I did love I did love Anthony Hopkins as Odin, though. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I mean, as far as the movies are concerned, like the casting has been fantastic, right? I mean, um, I can't think of the guy's name that plays Loki. Off. Tom Hilson. Yeah, Tom Hilson. Yeah, I would, yeah. Um, love Tom Hilson though. Um, he's been great. Every single thing that he's done as Loki has been fantastic. I agree. Yeah, that's one of the things. One of the other things I liked about the the second one was they the end of the second one where the last thing you see of Loki is that he's died. Yeah, and then 
the audience knows that he's posing as Odin, but nobody else knows. It's situational yeah. irony there, or whatever that is. Which kind of irony is that? Is that uh, situational irony? I don't know. There's like three different kinds. I remember learning <laughs> English class, and I remember hating English class. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, it was a good way to kind of leave you wanting to know what happened. Yeah. But taking him out of the picture of the MCU without killing him because yeah. you could have just left us thinking he was dead mm-hmm. and then you could have surprised me at the beginning of Thor 3 but honestly what I what I care about is that he he's he's a force to be reckoned with and he's proven yeah. that several times so how do you get rid of him in a way that he doesn't just come back and be the villain in every Marvel movie because he easily could have yeah you know I mean Ultron you had a little bit more of a definitive end in Avengers you know and in Avengers 1 well, I mean yeah. kind of definitive we'll see if he yeah. ends up back or not but well, I think uh, that's I think that's part of the problem too. Is like a lot of people complain that Loki is too central to the MCU, but to be honest, they haven't hit they haven't hit a villain who can top Loki. Like both in character and in the fact that they usually kill off, you know, uh, uh, what's his name in Ant Man? Um, that guy was killed. The Wasp. Yep. Um, Obadiah Stane was killed. In, in, uh, Iron Man 1, in Iron Man 1, Whiplash in Iron Man 2. Yeah. They killed, um, uh, what's his name? The guy that was actually the Mandarin. Guy Ritchie, right? Really? Yeah, Guy Ritchie's yeah. character. But yeah, um, I'll, killed, I'll just kill him. him. Yeah. They killed him. You still have Justin Hammer, but they turned Justin Hammer into a joke. Like, yeah. And yeah, some they, of the one shots, didn't he like somebody's prison? Yeah. yeah or something? He's, in like, a, he's, he's in prison and he's complaining that, uh, the guy that, the uh, Ben Kingsley, who played the actor playing the Mandarin, Trevor is in jail. Yeah, Trevor, and he's in jail. And then, um, like at the very end of it, you see like an after credit shot of Justin Hammer, like asking why he's so popular in jail. Right. And so I mean, like, and and that that's okay. I I would love to see Justin Hammer come back to be honest, because I think um, Sam Rockwell is an amazing actor, and I think he was underutilized to be yeah. honest in the second yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the second Iron Man movie, but well, with yeah, the they, just, they had a hit and, uh, like Loki, though. Time Stone, and all that yeah. stuff. We, we're we're gonna get the uh, right big chain. So I will say that was one that was one complaint that I had in the Thor series is I did not like the Ether into, um, and then their explanation okay. for it because like Odin's like telling him about it, and he's like he's like all the other relics they uh, they pretty much show up like gems. And it's like, this okay, yeah, like I know that, like everybody knows that, because that's where they get the tesseract cube and shit like that, and the the mind gem and, and the you know the, the power gem and stuff like that. Yeah, all that shit, like I get, but like you, you never explained to me why the dark elves made a liquid ether, or you know like a malleable ether like that. Because then at the end, it seems like it seems like it just became the same thing as like the power stone. Uh, which is the purple one, right? From right. Ronan's Galaxy. Because uh, with the Power Stone, when Ronan shoves that thing into a sword, and he like gets like super powerful, and they tell, they say that like this stone could like, you know, decimate planet. Decimate a planet. That's the exact same the thing the fucking Ether does at the end of uh, Thor. Like she, uh, what is it? Jane has that um, that fucking vision. Of this shit, like turning all this stuff to black, and like when the when the nine realms were converging, like uh, Malekith like uses it to like shove it through one of the nine realms, which is like the Asgard one right above him or whatever, and that thing starts burning away the bi- the the Bifrost bridge, and I'm like, that's 
it's exactly the same thing, though. Like, all this stuff is the same right. so like, far. Right, explain really... to me how it's different. I, yeah. I understand that. I hadn't even thought about it, honestly. I just knew it was, it was one of them, yeah. but it never really even, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah. Because, I don't think it's because it is so good. different. Yeah. Yeah. It is, like, they all very much look like rocks, so, and they yeah, all very much have different functions, yeah. except for that one. Yeah. That one's got a very specific, very dark right. function. And, I mean, it, and which is it supposed to be the reality stone? Is it? Yeah, I guess maybe. Because you've got the time stone is from Doctor Strange, the power stone is from Guardians, the mind the stone is in... Tesseract. Which, no, Tesseract is the mind stone. Oh, okay. Right? Wait. Because he uses it to control people's minds. Loki uses it. Not the Tesseract, the, it's in his scepter. The mind stone was in, in his scepter. Yeah, but that wasn't. Was that the Tesseract, though? Not the Tesseract, I'm not Because I was going to say, like, uh, the Vision gets the mind stone later on. Right, 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 yeah. right. right. Nothing. No, yeah, so. Power Stone, Time Stone. What's Heimdall's eyes? The rumor for that. Which one is that? Shit. We didn't do our research. We didn't do our homework. I could have told you this. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I could have told you this outside of the podcast. Yeah. I'm sure I could have, and now I can't. Yeah. Um, because there's six, right? I think so. Yeah, because there's five for each finger, and, and then, then there's the, the main big one for the yeah. Hand. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, yeah. But. I think I think that's one thing that I think they need to work on is uh, is definitely I mean because when a, when Infinity War comes out they're gonna have to explain a lot of like what this stuff is and how it actually works um, because you know I imagine Thanos is actually gonna have to use it right and and to be able to use it you're gonna have to describe what each one actually does okay so you got the the Tesseract is the space stone. Okay. That's how he travels. That's how they travel with that. Right. The ether was the reality stone. Mm-hmm. The orb the from from uh, Guardians was the power stone. Loki's scepter and Vision's head is the mind stone. There's still the soul stone, and then the time stone is the is the emblem is it, from. It's the eye of Agamotto. Yeah. Or so or yeah. So the soul stone is what the rumor is that it's in Heimdall's eyes because he can see everything. He, yeah, there's that line that he says that you can see each soul in the nine realms. Right. And they like have that. a very different color than anybody else's eyes and it kind of matches the color that's missing which and, is like orange, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um Yeah, so I, I don't know. We could see any of those villains come back. I think this was the point that I kind of want to start talking about the stones. Which, you know, I hope I hope they do for some of them. But to be honest, like as big as as big as that final movie is going to have to be, it can't be a lot of those villains because a lot of those villains are way underpowered. Like ju- right. Justin Hammer can't come back because what's he going to do? Build an armor set to throw right. at him? Like nothing. You know, <laughs> I um, think I think it'd be interesting if Ego came back. Yeah, Ego was a phenomenal villain to yeah. me for me in the MCU. I yeah. thought I thought that uh, Russell Crowe was uh, or Kurt Russell. Kurt excuse Russell, me. Yeah, Wrong Russell. Kurt, Russell totally Russell different. Would have been a totally different movie. Like, <laughs> totally different movie. Fighting as a planet. Holy <laughs> shit. It's not fighting oh, around no, the world, it's just fighting on my world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought that he was a perfect person for that role and glad they didn't get Matthew McConaughey for it. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah. But I thought that that was one of the, one of the better villains in the MCU. I mean, and he's powerful enough yeah. To at least put a fight. Ronan would have been a decent one, but only with the Infinity Stone, which he doesn't have anymore. Baron Mordo um, would be good if they actually use him. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't, can't use Dormammu. Right. I mean, you can, but you can't. Like, the 
like Dormammuism is too OP for everything. Like. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, that, the only way that they were able to beat that was yeah, bargaining. Yeah, you know, that's just you know. Did you know that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch voiced him? It's his face. Is it? Yeah. It, I guess the I never motion his the face, face too. I yeah. never really missed the catch. Caught, I didn't catch either. I like I just <laughs> read it somewhere. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Like now that I know it, I hear it, and it makes sense. But uh, yeah. 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 No. I mean, they got. I mean, they to. I mean, to be fair, the actual Marvel universe itself has a lot of really great people to choose from. We'll just see what they go with and what they right. do. Well, there's already been. I don't know if this counts as a spoiler. As as uh. If it is, you can edit it out. <laughs> um, oh, as much as it's been on the internet here, but you know, there's been set photos from, I guess, Avengers Four, because mm-hmm. Avengers Three is just about done, probably. Um, but Avengers Four, where you've seen um, Thor in his original armor, you've seen Tony in, in a wardrobe from the first movie, uh, maybe even with the chest piece in. I'm, I don't know if I'm making that part up, but you're you're seeing these flashbacks. Um, of the different characters in these set photos and that could be a direct result of somebody using any of those or a few of those those stones yeah. um, and it could be a way to really really upset what's going on in the MCU which I think is important I yeah. think it's important that they're they're able to do that yeah. um, even if that means still permanently killing somebody yeah. like I kind of don't even know if I want to see that I don't want, I don't know if I want to see them kill somebody and be like well they're back now because we had these magical stones uh, because I mean, the only one I think one of the only good guys to stay dead so far has been Quicksilver. Yeah, just but everybody they, else has died. And the only died. reason for that it, it's explicit to do with uh, Fox and uh, Disney's deal, right? For Quicksilver, so, right? Yeah, right. Which could change. You sent that to us earlier this week. If that deal goes through. Yeah, yeah, that deal's interesting to see where they'll go with that. Um, but I think. As far as the Thor universe, though, I mean, they they have a lot of people, you know, reading from the comic books and stuff like that. They have a lot of good places to go with it. Um, I thought three was interesting because it had a lot of like different villains, different ideas to go with. Um, it led to a more cosmic worldview uh, mm-hmm. rather than just the Asgardian and Midgard area, right? Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go with that when. Because I imagine that his character is going to have a lot more to do with Doctor Strange at some point. And for the express reason of... So, Doctor Strange has the Sanctum Sanctorum or whatever. That has access to all these different realms and stuff like that that they can go to and keep watch over and that kind of thing. Whereas, like, Asgard and the other nine worlds, that was explicit to them, though. Like, right. you know, like the dark world, the the world of the dark elves, like, were they possibly out there in the cosmic universe? Maybe, maybe not. Like, we don't know where, like, the, re- like, we don't actually know where these other realms fall in right. compared to, like, because, I mean, like, Dormammu was supposedly, like, an extra universe, like, a, an, a, an outside force that was coming into our universe. Right. Same thing with, like, the dark elves and, like... Vanaheim and Elheim and all that, like all these different areas that were part of the nine worlds like those right. are all still there right you know so Just, I'm, yeah <clears throat> yeah so I'm wondering where, I'm wondering where they'll go with it you know um we shall see yeah 
But I, I definitely, because I, I watched the second one recently, and, and the there were a lot of stuff that I really liked about it, and a couple of things that I didn't like about it. Um, to be honest, um, I mean, we talked about the Jane stuff. Um, I'm really hoping that they end up bringing back uh, her team, like Darcy and stuff, because mm-hmm. um, I felt like those characters were really tied to Jane, and with the absence of them, and this isn't really a spoiler, the, it's just... You can look at the cast notes, but they're not in Thor 3. And that, that I felt was kind of missing because I actually like those characters, mm-hmm. like, a lot. Um, and I, I thought they were a fun addition to the to the universe at first. But... Oh, Darcy was my sister's favorite. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like, that opening scene in uh, The Dark World where she shows up at the, uh, the date dinner. Um, oh, right. Where Jane is, yeah. like, out to date... Or out to dinner or whatever with um, crap. I can't think of his name. The Irish actor guy from the IT crowd. Yeah, I don't know but anyway, there. I love that scene where they're all just sitting there having like dinner or whatever, and she just rolls up. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. But they were they were great, and it was. I think they were a sad miss in the, in the third one. To be honest, yeah, not have them. Yeah, but it's but they okay. wouldn't have really had yeah. a place. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's good that they were gone because I would hope that they didn't have to mold the plot around them. Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of like kind of like with getting rid of Loki in the end of the second movie. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, we don't need to mold the plot of some of these other movies around these characters. Yeah, you know, um, and I, I think that you know, I enjoyed them, but I didn't miss them terribly. Yeah, and the third one. No, well, I mean, yeah, like you said, they would have definitely been out of place. Because that's a cosmic movie and not a Midgard movie, right? Again. Which was good because you needed you needed another cosmic movie from another character, yeah, to tie into yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy and what you've been like. Just it's kind of one more thread to bring all this together. It's what we're yeah. leading up to, and uh, oh, especially I mean they they have Captain Marvel on the on the on the, the list of mm-hmm. movies that are coming up and. That, that's as cosmic as you get right there. Right. Like, you know, she, is she stationed on Earth? Yeah, but is she cosmic? Yeah, she's a cosmic character. Yep. You gotta have her at some point. Yep. So, but... That's why I need to do some... I don't, I, I don't know a ton about her. I know you're a huge fan. Well... I just don't know a ton about... Yeah. She's been through a lot of changes, but... Yeah. It would be good to see her out there. But I think... I think Thor, I'd love to see them do... Um, there was a line of Thor comics a while ago and I'm trying to think of the name that they actually did but it was the one where Asgard wound up on Earth uh, and they put it like out Midwest like over top of a giant like grain field <laughs> and they just put this giant city out there and like you know all the all the literally all these like Asgardians were just like having to integrate with Earth and stuff so I, I hope they end up going that route. That'd be really cool to see that, like in the in the actual movies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there's also there were a lot of other stuff like they did. I think one series called like Fear Itself that was really cool, where like all the <clears throat> all the main Marvel characters ended up getting like uh, really cool like Asgardian armor. Um, like Tony ends up like working with like a, a Viking or an Asgardian like forged guy, mm-hmm. like makes all these like armor and different like weapons and pretty stuff sweet. for the different people. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but you know, so I mean, there's a lot of good places to go with Thor. It's just they gotta. So do you think they do more solo movies? Because it seems like you know the trend is trilogy, 
And then nobody has ever said anything about more solo movies after these next two Avengers movies. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible that they'll probably just end up wrapping it up for Thor. Because, I mean, like, the other thing, too, is a lot of these characters end up running, like, you know, people are like, I can't imagine what it's going to be like without Robert Downey Jr. It's like, well, I mean, that guy's got to take a break at some point. Like, right. he's been doing... Just like, uh, for, yeah, just like, uh, the uh, Logan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like him. Like, he has to stop at some point. Right. I mean... T- they definitely don't have anything to do with age because they they aged him a ton in Logan. I mean, he doesn't look like that. Yeah, dude still looks awesome. Yeah, you know, and same thing with Robert Downey Jr. Like he could very easily play that role regularly for another ten years. But yeah. you know, it's great and we enjoy it. But do we want that? Do we want it beaten into the ground? Yeah, because I mean, like, and that that I mean, you know, people talk about Loki being a central aspect of the MCU. Dude, Iron Man, the whole thing is built on the back of Iron Man. Right. You know, it'd be nice to finally find a movie where you don't have, like, his dad or him or someone tied directly to what's going on. Like, it'd right. be nice to have one of these air, these other characters take front and center. Right. You know, and start to run with that. Um, right. Which I think is probably going to happen after Infinity War, to be right. honest. Like, I think we'll probably end up losing a couple of characters. Like, at the end of... Um, I think it was at the end of Civil War. Nope. It was at the end of uh, the second Avengers movie where um, Cap walks out into that bay at the Avengers base and he says, like, what, you know, let's get ready to meet the new team or something. He turns around and there's, like, Scarlet Witch and the Vision. And-, and, yeah, there's all these other characters that could definitely start to, step like, step up and take over. And the amount of characters that Marvel actually owns and uses, like, it would be nice to see these these other characters start to grow and let the other characters pass on, you know? Right. Like, let them kind of roll back. Right, well, because it's not like a comic book. It's like, that's something I think people don't think about very often. It's like, like, yes, people are getting excited for each and every release of one of these movies because they're all part of this giant universe and that's really exciting and that's similar to comic books. Yeah. But it's a whole lot harder than writing a comic book. Because I can sketch out a new story and throw, like you said earlier, you know, use a throwaway line on something and change something entirely. Yeah. And uh, it's not like that. You know, we Mm -hmm. can't keep having... These stories aren't taking place over the course of like a week at a time. Yeah. These stories are actually taking place almost over the the real time span it takes to get the movies out. Yeah. You know, and and that's... It's something that, that... it's unprecedented. Yeah. So it's hard for people to get a grasp on, well, why would you kill my favorite character? Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, like it's, this it's is the real world. at some point. Right. Yeah. We can't, you can't yeah. be, you can't be a uh, um, motion cap in some lookalike and putting Tony Stark in movies 40 years from now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, it, well, I guess you can. Yeah, you probably could. Uh, the <laughs> Tarkin. Way, the way Tarkin and Rogue ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, I guess you totally can. But, but that, I think that's different. It's not like they were, we were drilled with that character forever. It was like there was some nostalgia of bringing him back. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Kill him. And yeah. if you want to bring him back in something later, then great. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, the stories are going to get to be very, very boring because, like we talked about with Thor's character development, has been so much over the last three movies. Iron Man has been in, what, six, seven, eight movies now? Yeah. Uh, like, what more can you do with Tony Stark? Yeah. Like, how many times well, can he relapse to yeah. this shitty person that yeah. has all this money and then have to make some life-changing decision? Because right. he did that in Iron Man 1. Yeah. He did it in Iron Man 3. He did it in um, 
Civil War. He mm-hmm. did it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been so many times where he something has set him off to make some big change. Yeah. How many times can you do that? Yeah. And you can't. You just can't do it forever. Yeah. Well, I think and Marvel's got one one of the advantages that they have over DC right now is they do, like you said, they have this massive amount of characters already in place. It's okay to start letting other people have bit roles in the movies, which we've seen. Thor three. This is not a spoiler, thankfully, because it's at the end of. Uh, Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange encounters Thor, and it's a it's a wonderful moment. In the Absolutely, movie. my favorite part of the movie. I it's, think it's honestly, a, it's wonderful. I love it, and they need more of that though. Like you know, the new Ant Man movie is going to have Ant Man and the Wasp, but it'd be really cool if they ran into just another character. You know, like an, another one of the heroes that are out and about doing something. Like if you want to throw Vision in there, I don't give a shit. Like shit, Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. He'd be perfect Spider-Man. for that. There's so there's so many like characters now that you can have these like great team ups, and that I think they should really start to look at as their next their ne- their next route is not just to do these individual because they've been doing origin movies so much, but just like Spider Man proved, an origin story can be so much better if you add something that people already like from it. Like right. having Tony be the overseer of uh, Peter Parker was a fantastic idea and it, it worked perfectly for that movie and it gave you a lot of insight into the mentality of a teenage peter parker that was dealing with you know all these other like big name superheroes and mm-hmm. stuff so right, no, i think and i think that like like you said uh, it's a struggle for the dc universe for them to do that because they're they can't keep drilling home like the the uh origin stories mm. they just can't and and especially because you know marvel has has established so many characters dc everybody knows the origin story for the most part of the big three mm-hmm. maybe not maybe not one woman to the extent but most people know flash to some degree i feel like and then the other characters aren't getting an origin movie yeah like cyborg is not getting an origin movie right it's just not happening because yeah. they they've done it uh one of the animated justice justice league doom doom or one of the, one of the animated justice league movies they give him a fantastic origin, and it's mm. like two and a half minutes of that movie. Yeah. You know, it's like some characters don't need it. Yeah. But you also need all these characters to be able to do stuff like those little bits. And, and you know, the Avengers movies are great, but it's almost so much that they've painted themselves into a corner. Like, this is how you want up it. Like, every couple of years, you're going to have to throw out an Avengers-style movie, when really, I'd be tickled to death with... One of those random team ups, you yeah, yeah. Ant Man running into one of those random characters, and there'd be a movie that's like that you could just title it that. Yeah. Like, don't even call it like some big team. Yeah. You could call it like Spider Man and the Hulk. Like, yeah. That'd be the name of the movie, yeah. and that'd be it. You know, yeah. that'd be fine because I, I love, dude. I lost my shit. I love, I love the Hulk in the new Thor movie. I I agreed. Was a execution. agreed. I would love to see Thor or the Hulk or both of them wind up with the Guardians of the Galaxy for a couple of, you know. Just thirty minutes in a movie is fine. Like just have them like pal around for a little bit, and then they go their own way or whatever. Right. I don't care as long as you have something fun in there. Though, like I'll go, you know, I'll keep going to see these movies, and I keep going to see them more because I like all these characters and their attitudes towards each other. Like that's the other thing that's you know really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they stay with it, I don't know, but I think I think they're doing a good job with it right now. Um, for keeping those team ups going. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's yeah. And honestly, like there's there's other routes. Like we were talking about that deal that 
uh, 20th Century Fox is working on right now, that would mean that Fantastic Four, the Marvel's first family, would end up going home. Right. And if they did, I know people always say that they don't like them. I really would like a really well-done Fantastic Four movie. And I think Marvel would be the place to do it and to bring that aspect of a family type of characters to the Marvel Universe would be a very smart idea. I agree. You know? Yeah, I just, my only concern with that was, this is the first thing I thought when you when you sent us that article. Um, Marvel has kind of always had in their back pocket a plan for, like, Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. that, like they've said that. That mm-hmm. they've always been kind of had two working ideas for this is what we're actually going with, but this is what we're going to go with if we get Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, because they, they want him in there. And yeah. Spider-Man is one of those incredibly iconic characters that Marvel... Deserve to have. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether they needed it. They deserve to be able to do what they wanted with Spider-Man. Right, yeah. But they can't... There's no way that they can have a working story for all of these different characters that they're about to get. And my only concern is that they don't shoehorn them into the story. Yeah. Like, please just wait until after Avengers 4 and... Say hypothetically all of the original Avengers are dead. Whatever. Whatever you gotta do. Bring them into a post-Avengers era... And have them or like originate in a yeah. post Avengers era, yeah. you know that would be fine. It's it, I just I just don't want to see them be like, well, since we got Fantastic Four, let's see if we can't throw them into Avengers Four while we're still filming, you know, Which just I, to have something. They don't, they don't seem like they would do that. No, I don't, and I don't think so. Yeah. But you know, now I mean, like one thing that they're going to have to look at is if they end up do with uh, winding up with those Fox properties. They're now in the place of what do you do in humans versus mutants, right? Because that would that would be a returning factor to it. Whether or not they wanted to use, they wanted to end up using the X Men at some point. You'd have to justify why all of a sudden these mutants are actually popping up and they're not in humans, right? You know, um, which well, is I think what they base everything else off of, right? Yeah. I think they've got a really solid grounds for that because their origins of an inhuman is is related to the Kree and and all that and. That, I think they could they could they, they could, could make it, off, it work, but then we'd have trouble establishing like why Professor X is there, why the school for the Xavier School for the Gifted is there. Like, right, there would be no establishment for why. Right, the school that no one's ever heard of is there. You know, right, and and how were they able to keep all this under wraps for right. so long? You know, well, you know, you could easily just rewrite everything with the Reality Stone. This is true. I, uh, uh, like that deal's got to be done though first, right? <laughs> Right. But, yeah. What I think, I, but Thor is definitely, for me, the most improved of the Marvel movies. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For, absolutely. For where, for where it ended up, like, the third movie was, I mean, it was great comedy. It was great action. The director is wonderful. And his part in his own movie was fantastic. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but yeah, considering like where it started and people's complaints about the first two, like it has come a long way. Oh yeah. I mean, the the first one, like we talked about how much we liked the look of it, but I felt like the plot wasn't awesome. I felt like the story seemed short. It seemed like... It was a watered down Hamlet. Yeah. That's what it was. You worked... Like, down, yeah, you as worked, close to it as possible. Well, that makes sense for Ken. Yeah. <laughs> for Ken Branagh, yeah. Branagh, but uh, like it seemed like it built up this climax... And that seemed very lackluster, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with everyone. The, the Ravager was terrible. Like It looked really cool. Yeah. But, but it, it was just, it wasn't practical for everything else that you'd explained existing in that universe. And you send down, a ro- like, essentially a robot that can shoot fire out of his eyes. 
I mean, he wasn't a robot, but yeah. he, he, like that's the idea is that this thing is just this metal shell that shoots fire out of its face, and that's it. This is supposed to be <laughs> Asgard's biggest weapon. Yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You've got a Bifrost. You can send anything. Yeah. You, you could send ten guys could do as much damage as that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it. It's not that impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a good place to start because you obviously don't want to show your your hand too early, but yeah. Um, well, that was a very that was one of the very early movies too. I mean, right, I mean, and yeah. I thought it was entertaining. I remember going to see it. I liked it at the time. Looking back, I just feel like it was it was one of the it was one of the weaker movies in the Marvel universe. And I thought I, I thought Dark World expanded on that and made it was leaps and bounds better than the first one. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for honestly, all the complaints that you hear about if you, that, if you think about it, like the movies with the longest. But the longest boss fights have been primarily like Iron Man, right? Like you know the the Obadiah Stane, that was a that was actually a pretty long fight with him trying to take it down and you know doing the whole fly up and stuff like that. Then you had the second one, the second one was an established fight with him versus the um, War Machine, and was it War Machine? Or was it was it? War Machine and Iron Man versus Whiplash. Whiplash, yeah. And Whiplash's army of automatons. Yeah, so they had all these, you know, that, that was a pretty big fight. Yeah, the third movie is him versus all the uh, upgraded um, extremist people. Right. That kind of stuff. That was pretty cool. But for a lot of the other Marvel movies, there hasn't been an actual, like, really long established fight until more recently. Right. Like, the, the first Thor movie ended fairly quick. Like, he got his power back, he beat the shit out of the Ravager, flew back, knocked the shit out of the... Who was it? Like, Was it Loki? Yeah. Loki and the Frost Giants. Did he hit Loki, though? I can't remember if he did or not. I just know that he flies back and, like, saves his mom and dad. Or right. And then uh, the second movie in Thor The Dark World, you did have a... That was a an actual longer established fight between him versus Malekith. So that was pretty good. But then you had stuff like... Um, Captain America 1, there was basically no boss fight. Yeah. He basically chases down the Red Skull. They both go down in the plane. Yeah. That was it. Guardians of the Galaxy, like the... Right, I mean, Ronin, They, they finally get to Ronin, and it was a dance-off. Right. <laughs> Which was amazing. <laughs> Which was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, but same thing with, like, uh, Doctor Strange, Dormammu. Talked about that. I mean, that was that was ever fairly quick. A great way. It was ended oh, in no, a fantastic way. way. But, yeah, I mean, you know... I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. But, because then the a had a fairly long fight. But there's been movies where it's not, like, there's effectively no boss. I mean, the Captain America movies, Captain America movies are the best example of that. Yeah. You had Captain America 1, where he chases down Red Skull, and that's basically into that. And then Captain America 2, he fought the Winter Soldier some, but... There was really never like a long. I mean, they had. It was a fight, but it was while he was trying to take down the, one of the the, the carriers, the carriers yeah. which was not quite the same thing. And it was it was less of a boss fight and more of a like came back in Civil War though. Yeah, the, the boss fight was him and Tony. Yeah, you know, right. Was, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. But it didn't feel like one, you no. know, because you're pulling for yeah. like you, you have a hard time picking out. Like, people were, like going into that movie and even coming out like ah Team Cap Team Iron Man. I was like I I really don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, yeah, I hate to see him fight. Like, yeah. and that's both I think that's their the reasons. point. They yeah. both had decent yeah. reasons. Like now, Tony was rooted in emotion, and and Steve seemed to be rooted in. in I think that's where you can. I think but, yeah, I was gonna say I think that's probably the one area you could start to flip on is uh, 
is like you said, um, Tony started out logistically saying like, like maybe we do need to have someone watch us. Like we do fuck up shit a lot. And then by the end of the movie, it was like, let's not kill my dad. I'm fucking bitch. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. But that was a very different type of boss fight because that was like, yeah. It was not really, it wasn't like one on one or anything like that or like a team versus a team. It was like this weird, like, I'm trying to fight Bucky. You're trying to stop me from fighting Bucky. Now we're fighting each other. Now I'm back to fighting Bucky. It was, it was, yeah, it was an interesting dynamic because, like, I mean, you want to go basic, ba- basic boss fight. Uh, I got way too close to the mic just then. Incredible oh, Hulk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like Hulk versus two, Abomination. Yeah, two that's, superpowered beings going at it. Like right. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. you can't do that too much, you know. Yeah. Um. I, just, it, I keep wanting to talk about the third Thor yeah, three, yeah. and I can't. It's like that's why we keep pausing because we're both like, "This ties into Thor three. Let's talk about Thor three, and we don't want to spoil anything." Yeah, I will. I will say, like, I think they've, I think they've, I think they've hit their mark with Thor. I think his character is going to be better uh, as it goes on. Uh, I mean, I really do. Like, I think after after if they keep, especially uh, Tahiki Watiti or whatever his name is. If they keep him as a director, I think those movies are just going to get better. If right. they keep making them. Um, if they don't, if they kind of retire the character to guest scenes in other movies, like, fine. I, I think it's hit that part where he's still going to be a really good character to pop up. Um, I don't know if they will fully, because I think the Hulk has already been retired to that. Because they don't want to pay Universal right. for distribution rights. So they're not going to make another standalone Hulk movie, right. which is really a shame because Mark Ruffalo is... Best thing to happen to that character yeah. since Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, shit, man. Eric Bannon definitely didn't pull it off. It was okay. And then... But fuck, man. Like, Ed Norton blew the shit out of it when he did it. And they wanted him to do it again. Yeah. They wanted him back and he couldn't. Like, thank goodness he couldn't. He just... He seems too pensive and too... Yeah. Like, he, he can't be that guy who's... Yeah, it just it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. Mark Ruffalo just seemed to make sense. Yeah, because Mark Ruffalo played it off as like a smart guy that didn't. He really didn't like being the Hulk. Like you said, Edward Norton's character was like way more like like strategically thinking about how the Hulk worked. Like you know, really afraid of like you know. But Mark Ruffalo was this is a guy that literally just didn't want anything to do with it at all. Right up until the point where they you know. Pointed him at a bunch of aliens and said, fuck them up. And they did. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But, yeah, well, we'll see where they go. I mean, it's it's been a good run, though. And I think I think there's a I think there's a lot of things to like about the original Thor movies and to appreciate them where they are in the MC universe. But, I mean, definitely this, this last third one was a great improvement in run. Um, well, I think they've all been. I think all, all, all of the, the lead characters' solo movies have been. Yeah. I mean... The Iron Man movies are kind of an exception because I think they were all three incredibly well done, especially considering the timing. But look at the difference in the... Just, for example, the difference in the quality of the armor mm-hmm. in Iron Man 1 versus the most recent iteration of Iron Man. So even even just a glimpse of him in, in, in Homecoming. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Like, we've come leaps and bounds from where we were with the CGI and the art direction and stuff for that stuff. But, like, the first Iron Man, the first Captain America, the first Thor... They gave these really excited, like really kind of like just comic book looks, you mm-hmm. know, at the character, and that's kind of what we wanted at the time. But now you got to establish them into this 
this this bigger world where things change. Yeah. You know, like, why would Tony Stark wear the same Iron Man suit for three movies? Yeah. Like, Batman. When I was a kid, the, the Batman movies, like, one of my favorite things was seeing what the next costume was going to look like. Yeah. Right up until they put nipples on it, then I had mixed That's feelings. That's a little weird. But yeah. uh, the goal was a Greek, like, a Greek god look kind of thing. Yeah. And they were looking at, like, these Greek sculptures, and I was like, oh, so the nipples on it. But, yeah. Well, it works, but, like, it's like, works in stone, not on people. Yeah. Right. But, like, <laughs> the suit like the suit needs to change. Yeah. The suit needs to change, and, and, and uh, I think that, that they, they went with these very, I don't want to say plain... But, uh, and not that the other ones aren't rooted in comics, but these very, I guess, basic versions of what these characters look like, and, mm-hmm. then, and then kind of, you know, expanded on that. And I think that, I think that that was, that was good. Yeah. I don't know what my point was or what I was getting at, but. That's all right. Well, we've had, uh, we've had an hour. We've had a good conversation really? about the MCU and the Thor, and yeah. Thor's place in the MCU. Without even bringing up Black Panther. That's. Damn. That's one movie that I'm super stoked about. The trailer, the trailer that we saw in theaters for Thor three, yeah, got me super stoked because I'd only ever watched it on my phone, yeah, and I feel like there's details that I missed, yeah, um, uh, specifically the colors in the suit and the light kind of stuff on the suit, yeah, and, and we see the lines, uh, like, yeah. Fire no, I am, yeah. I am super excited for that movie and everything that they, everything that's going to come with it. You know, yeah. it's just it's going to be great. That cast looks amazing, except I mean, for the Lexus that they released. Relaxus released like a Black Panther thing, uh, I and it's like, all right, you couldn't do any better than painting the Black Panther on the hood. <laughs> Come on, you can do better than that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, super stoked. Super yeah, stoked. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. Shit, man, there's so many good people in that. So, yeah, all right. We'll see it in February. All right, people, that's a week. So, uh, like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff, and uh, we'll keep bringing this shit to you. So, see you guys. See ya.